Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the High Potion Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Crothy. And I'm Hals Burkhart. And today, we are continuing uh, our longest-running series, where we explore different consoles, uh, some of our favorite games on the console, memories of the console, and then we'll crown what our absolute favorite game is. This one is going to be easy. (laughs) (laughs) I think I might go in a different direction just for the sake of it. Oh, I'm not saying yours is going to... I'm saying mine is going to be easy Oh, I know. I, I, I can guess yours right ba- now. Da- 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 <laughs> Man, I got to tell you, last night when we were playing Elden Ring and Nick and I started jamming the... Oh, yeah. The, the beatboxing the uh, <laughs> Final Fantasy uh, victory theme. Got stuck in my head for a minute. Oh, yeah. my goodness. See ya. Jesse's headed to the store. Um, so, uh, that's what we're going to do. Talking about the PlayStation, the original mm. Sony PlayStation. What a great system. One of my all-time faves. The the start of a, a juggernaut in the gaming industry. Right. For, that is still going strong today. And, when, and it's especially impressive when you look at all the failed consoles from around that time, mm-hmm. your Panasonic 3DO, mm-hmm. you know, Atari Jaguars, Atari Jaguar, Atari couldn't mm-hmm. even get their shit together. And this is, I think, I think the release of the Sony PlayStation is the f- beginning note of the death knell for Sega as mm-hmm. a console manufacturer. Sadly. Sadly. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's a good thing, but I, I do think <laughs> it's the beginning of the end for it, Sega. It was, for sure. So, uh, you want to do a little Elden Ring talk? Of yeah, course we're going to yeah. do some fucking Elden Ring talk. <laughs> I was listening to um, the Bad Motivators and heard Eric, um, you know, talking about how terrible he is at the game. And I just want to be like, get good, scrub. No, I'm just kidding, man. Uh, just, hey, man. It, it's tough. Yeah, man. <laughs> the game is tough. And uh, it it just takes a minute to get through a little bit of it. Gets you some levels and then the yeah. combat starts clicking for you. It, it, there, it, it has a learning curve. It, it has does. one of the steepest learning curves. Even me, who is somewhat familiar with the format after playing Demon Souls, found Elden Ring to have a learning curve. Mm, absolutely. I'm just now where I feel like I'm kind of comfortable. Like, I'm not... I feel like when I first start playing one of these games, like, everything just seems impossible. <laughs> right. <laughs> Every fucking thing seems like I'm just not going to be able to do this. And now, I'm fairly confident. Mm-hmm. Although, my confidence... <laughs> Took quite the hit this week. <laughs> hit with the nerf hammer. Man. <laughs> Your weapon. My weapon. The weapon that has been like this little light of mine that I'm carrying around in this game. <laughs> Nothing's too scary for Halls because he's got the sword of night and flame. God, baby. What, a, what a cool name. I, it's such a badass name and it looks cool. Like the actual design of the sword is cool, which is a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. And it had that Kamehameha wave <laughs> fucking ability that yeah. you got to see me mm-hmm. use against the boss that we Strong. teamed up on. And Steve just goes, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, like half his health went away. Yeah, and look, I get it. It is. It was OP. It was definitely overpowered. <laughs> but 
I like I was saying, you know, a couple episodes ago, it wasn't like it was. It still didn't really feel like it put the game on easy mode for me because a, the wind up of using that ability is really long, mm-hmm. and there are some enemies that are just too fast to even let you get that off unless you're incredibly lucky. And B, uh, you know, it doesn't matter how strong that shit is. If that's an enemy that's not affected by magic, you're in for some trouble. <laughs> yeah. And and like I fought my second shard bearer last Monday, and that sword came in no help <laughs> against that boss. Mm-hmm. So even still, uh, you sent me... <laughs> The text that was like, I think you're... Because the I was headed to bed, and I feel like the update maybe had just sort of pushed. Mm-hmm. And people were like, holy shit, they added new um, quest lines and NPC markers and stuff. That's really cool. So I texted you about that and then went to bed. The next morning I woke up, you had sent me the patch notes, and we're like, I think they nerfed your sword. <laughs> yeah. And my immediate response was, you want to start playing Final Fantasy fourteen again? <laughs> perfect timing it was an immediate text back um yeah i i um i was wondering so i get on last night for the first time since the patch and immediately i'm like well boys it's time to respect my character because i put so many points into intelligence and arcane to even be able to use that sword Mm -hmm. um so i i went and looked at my vast treasure i'm sitting on a smog smog (laughs) Schmaug, sorry, desolation of Schmaug. I'm sitting on a Schmaug like bounty of treasures that I've collected in Elden Ring because I don't sell oh anything. I sell them if I have a a, a double an extra, but I keep one of everything. Me absolutely, too. Even I, I might shit, never use that shit. Yeah, even sh- even like I'll be getting like a a dirty peasant's robe, and I'm like I'm going to the chest, yep, baby, keeping it. Yeah. You, you find like a piece of string with a cotton ball at the end of it as a weapon. All right, cool. All right, cool. Maybe, maybe I'll need it at some Who point. Who knows? Maybe it's OP. Yeah, maybe we get to the last boss. New game ass. plus cotton ball. Cotton ball build. Cotton ball run. There we go. And so I go and I look at all my one-handed swords. That's like what. That's what I like to run. And I, I look through them all and kind of figure out like. All right, well, what's this one do? And I look at its its Ash of War online to see what it looks like. And I settle on, I'm going to use the Crystal Sword, I think. So then I take it out of storage, upgrade it, and then it becomes, well, I'm out of, because it requires the um, somber smithing stones. Mm-hmm. So then I'm, I'm off on fucking field trips looking for those things <laughs> here and there. <clears throat> uh, and I got it upgraded decently. It's not still not as high as my Sword of Night and Flame. And I decided, well, what I'm going to do is um, wait till I get it equal to the Sword of Night and Flame before I uh, switch over and respect my character. Because mm-hmm. I really wanted to think out my point distribution this time. What is the Crystal Swords weapon art? Spinning Slash. Okay. Looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided, well, I'm going to go do some adventuring. I can. I looked at my map, and I, you know, I'm like hanging out in the Altus Plateau and Kalid now, and looking at the map, I can see places that look like they're mines. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go just run those mine dungeons and uh, get the somber smithing stone that way. So I start doing that, and buddy, that sword's still just fine. <laughs> I don't think I put all that time and effort into picking a new weapon, upgrading it, and probably just wasted all those somber smithing stones because. Uh-huh. My sword still fucking rules. You'll you'll find plenty of them. I've been finding a ton yeah. where I'm at. But, um, yeah, like they only nerfed. I think that one special attack. Yeah, and it's even still pretty and strong. And it's still good. Yeah, uh, they nerfed something that I was using a little. The horfrost stomp. stomp. Yeah, and that's still okay. They they the damage that it was doing is maybe a third of what it <laughs> what it was. Let but. me ask you: Is that one? Um, can you put that on a shield? I don't know. I hadn't tried. Because that would be rad for yeah, my build. Yeah, that would build. be cool. So I could sw- swap between that one and... Ooh, it's worth looking look into. into. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a cool idea. Yeah, I, um, I'm i still loving it. Okay. Like I was, We were talking with Jessie before she left for the store, and I was saying Elden Ring came out, and I'm finally able to just focus solely on one game. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was bouncing around a lot before Elden Ring came Same. out. 
Sifu, it was nice to have Sifu. That really yeah, and, and like, obviously, I was playing a lot of Halo, but, you know, Halo even got to the point where I was only playing when you guys were on and we were playing right. together. And mm-hmm. the rest of the time, who knows what I would be up to? Playing Final <laughs> Fantasy X? Mm-hmm. Well, what? <laughs> yeah, it's great, but what? Hoss, yeah. <laughs> pick a direction, my dude. <laughs> well, now you're there. We're good. We're I, I just passed the 100-hour mark myself, and... You know, I know there's been some pushback or whatever from people who are like, it's it's too, it, it's it's too hyped or it's too popular or whatever. You know, it's that's fine to think that, but man, when you think about the the amount of game that you get for this with zero microtransactions, not, not, a, a, god not a goddamn damn microtransaction nope. to be seen. That, oh, you know what they want from you? Sixty dollars. That's it. After that, sixty dollars. Fuck me, I guess. You've got. <laughs> hundreds of hours of entertainment Mm -hmm. it's a goddamn steal that's why rpgs rule Mm -hmm. you know nothing sucked more than scraping your pennies together back in the day to buy a goddamn copy of the bouncer (laughs) on playstation 2 and beat that the night it came out and you're like what (laughs) this is a square game and i beat it in six hours yeah that doesn't make sense fuck me You know what I mean? Yeah, especially back then when your those pennies were broke. Yeah, Them nickels and dimes, woof, rough. Before then, I was the, were the days where if I did that, I would just return the game to the I never, store. I never thought about doing <laughs> that. I I should have. I mean, if we had had a GameStop, I would have at the least traded that shit in the next morning mm-hmm. and gotten something else. But you know that that's a you know kind of the an example of like an early game that came out on the PlayStation 2. I think it came out within the first year it was out. And Pickens were kind of slim early in the PlayStation 2's lifespan. Yeah. And this was a square game. It was a beat-em-up. You know what? We'll talk about that game more when we talk about the PlayStation 2. What a great console. Let's talk about the PlayStation. Yeah. The father of the PlayStation 2. Yeah. Now now the great-great-granddaddy of the PlayStation 5. So the Sony PlayStation was uh, released September 9th, 1995. What is that? Uh, Almost 27 years ago? Sheesh. Dear (laughs) Lord. That's crazy, man. Yeah. To think about it in those terms. Um, Over its lifespan, it sold 102.5 million consoles good lord it was a runaway success um its lifespan was technically 1994 to 2006 um that's when they officially uh stopped production on it what do you think the best-selling game on the sony playstation the original was Hmm. well there's one answer that's that I want to say that's obvious, but I'm I'm going to go a different way and say Crash Bandicoot. No, it was not. The best-selling game on the PlayStation was Gran Turismo. Mm, that was in my consideration. 10.8 million copies sold. That's the first Gran Turismo? Yep. Cool. Yep. I think the sequel did come out on the PlayStation 1 as well. Yeah, I think the first two came out on PlayStation mm-hmm. 1, and then 3 and maybe 4 on PlayStation 2. Yeah. That that new one is out, by the way. Speaking of mm-hmm. microtransaction riddled AAA title, woo. Um, and one of the most fascinating things about the PlayStation to me is its origin story. So you know, Nintendo in the lifespan of the Famicom slash NES, they put out a Japanese only peripheral called the Famicom Disk System where you could hook up a disk drive, like a floppy disk drive, to your Famicom and run games off of that. That peripheral never came out in the United States. But it was fairly successful in Japan, so for the Super Nintendo, they were thinking about doing something similar. And they partnered with Sony to make a CD add-on for the Super Famicom slash Super Nintendo. And there was work done on it. There's uh, at least one known working prototype of the Nintendo, Sony, PlayStation. It was even called the PlayStation. Weird. And it was just going to be this thing, kind of like a Sega CD almost, that hooked up to the bottom of your um, 
Super Nintendo and lets you run CD games on it. <coughs> and they did a lot of work. And Sony had this deal with Nintendo where, like, they got this major share of the game sales and held, you know, like the kind of deal Nintendo doesn't make. And the current, the the president of Nintendo at the time was not stoked about the deal and in a kind of shady way went behind their backs and made a deal with Philips instead to where the point, as I understand it, is they were, Sony was expecting Nintendo to announce the PlayStation at E3 and instead they came out and said, we're partnered with Philips. Like it took <laughs> Sony by surprise. Man, you want to talk about a bad move by Nintendo. Boy, howdy, did that turn around. Because th what that then led to was Sony being like, well, fuck you guys. We'll just make our own yeah. game system. And that's how the PlayStation came about. Yeah, I mean, that, that partnership with Philips, whew, that, that netted some gems like that. Well, it's it's really even weird when you realize like a CD add-on for the play Nintendo never came out, Super Nintendo, and then by the time their next console rolls around, they're not using CDs. They're mm, using cartridges. cartridges. Yeah. So, um, what is the first time you remember hearing anything about the PlayStation or seeing a PlayStation? So, uh, it came out in 95 when I was in college. I would have probably started reading about it before then. Um, but I, I wasn't playing as many video games at the time. So I wasn't I wasn't I don't think I was reading the magazines mm. as much in 95. So I remember a buddy getting one and he had I can't even remember like oh he had Tekken 2 cuz I think that was one of the earlier titles for it. <coughs> yeah. And I remember being like I need to just get this console just so I can play Tekken 2 cuz I love Tekken in the arcades. Yeah. So um but it took me a while to actually get it. I think 96 was when I actually got the the PlayStation sometime that summer. Right. And, uh, I, you know, I don't know if you had this problem, but the early earlier generations of PlayStations would have a problem where they would not work. Yeah. You know? And the uh, the famous flip that bitch upside down. You had to turn down. it upside down. Yep. And it would work perfectly fine. It was weird. I think it was maybe the reader of the disc was... Yeah. Yeah, when you turned it upside down, it would kind of go where it was supposed to so it could actually read the disc it was just a, kind of janky and funny but i remember so many late nights with that console uh, in college as well upside like, down <laughs> upside down playing tomb raider resident yep. resident evil one you know um man great console great console so i remember i remember hearing about the playstation and kind of like not giving it a second thought because like I said, you know, there had been so many one-off consoles at that point mm -hmm. that you'd hear about for a second and then never hear about again. CDI, 3DO, Jaguar, whatever it is. Um, and I honestly feel like the first time it really got my attention was seeing Tekken. I think Tekken was another big one for me. Seeing it maybe even on a demo unit. Mm -hmm. um, I remember one time... I rented one from Blockbuster and I rented it it was probably Tekken 2 and some other game that I don't remember the title of at all and just thinking it was so fucking cool <clears throat> um this was you know in the time when my parents were like we are not buying you any more video game consoles <laughs> like they were real pissed off about that whole transition from NES to Sega Genesis <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I, I I did my change the oil business to get my Super Nintendo. <clears throat> and then one day we're coming home from school and my sister goes in the door and my dad stops me and he goes, hey, this was had to have been sometime in February because my sister's birthday is in February. And my dad goes, hey, can I have you help me some with something? And I was like, yeah, sure. And he goes we got your sister a trampoline for her birthday and they're going to come deliver it tomorrow. Can you keep her distracted so she doesn't know what's going on? And I go, absolutely. And then my little dumb ape brain starts running the math in my head and I go, you know what? You know what I bet you is less expensive than a trampoline? A PlayStation. And I go, hey, dad, 
since she's getting a trampoline for her birthday, can I get a PlayStation for her, my birthday? And he goes, how much are they? And this was, I know the year this was, this was 1998. Because mm-hmm. that's when I got my PlayStation. Uh, it was right after Final Fantasy Tactics had come out. And I looked at my dad and I said, $200. I don't even know if that is the price, what was the price. And he goes, yeah, absolutely. And I was like, fucking jackpot. Nice. Fucking jackpot. Years later, I'm telling Jesse that story. And she goes, do you know how much a trampoline costs? <laughs> and I was like, no, why? And she goes, "Uh, your dad got a hell of a deal. Yeah. With the trade out. You should have gotten like 10 games. <laughs> <too>. <laughs> so that birthday, I got um, my PlayStation. I got Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy Tactics. Mm. You want to talk about feeling like the luckiest boy in the world, man? Holy Sheesh, moly! So, did you try to? Did you split time, or did you just go all in on one? I went all in on seven first, and then played Tactics. And I had gotten some birthday money. I didn't get a memory card for my birthday, mm. so that first night I couldn't even really play my PlayStation. Oh, man, you can't you play a, a J per- mm, JRPG mm, without a memory card. No, not on those. Like you know. I think I put in tactics and messed around with it that night. But so the next day, birthday money flush in my pocket, I go to Walmart, get a memory card, get the Final Fantasy Tactics Prima Strategy Guide, nice, and a copy of Tomb Raider too. Cool. So. Which I I thought Tomb Raider two was better than Tomb Raider one. Oh yeah, definitely. But I don't think we got we ever got past like the second level though. Those games are hard. hard. They're hard, hard as hell. Yeah. Fuck a Souls game. I know. Go play a PlayStation yeah, one Tomb Raider game and then get <laughs> back to me. Yeah, for real. Especially trying to do them shits without a guide. No, Ooh, thank you. My goodness, oh, man. You want to talk about some <laughs> obscure, hard to see shit and all those polygons? Um. Do you know what the launch lineup? Uh, this is another thing I think is fascinating. I have no idea. Okay. These are the games that launched with the PlayStation. Now, what I want us to do, even though neither of us got one at launch, let's take a trip back in time and let's say you have three games. Mm-hmm. What's your launch lineup purchases going to be? Would Tekken 1 have been one of them? Nope. Okay, go. go. You ready? Yep. We have Air Combat, mm-hmm. Battle Arena to Shinden, oh, yeah. ESPN Extreme Games, Kalik, the DNA Imperative, NBA Jam Tournament Edition, Power Serve 3D Tennis, The Raiden Project, Rayman, Ridge Racer, <laughs> Street Fighter the Movie, Total Eclipse Turbo, Twisted Metal, and Zero Divide. You want to talk about some... I just... I damn near said Beetlejuice three times in a row. That's how <laughs> rarely you hear some of those games I know. brought up. Sheesh, Kalik, yeah. a, the DNA imperative. It was a tough lineup, honestly. Woo. Not very good. I, I would have gone with NBA Jam, even yep. though that was available on Super Nintendo and Sega yep. Genesis. Wouldn't that be real? Still would have taken that because I love that game. Mm-hmm. Twisted Metal is the other easy one. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know. I probably would have gone Battle Arena. To, yeah, to probably that one. Um. Uh, Twisted Metal is for sure going to be on that. And then, shit. I don't know. Maybe NBA Jam, because mm-hmm. I loved NBA Jam. Me too. Great um, game. Yeah, it's crazy to look at that and think like... A pretty rough launch. None honestly. of these are around anymore in any form. Right. Like. Not Rayman is metal. No, Rayman is probably the one on here that had the most recent entry. Rayman Legends. Yeah, I and played that, was, that game. I liked was good. it. Yeah, it's it really good. good. Yeah, yeah. So that's <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty good. Uh, so yeah, that is the launch lineup. Pretty rough. Yeah, pretty rough. I would say. And so that's also when I was like, I'm not in a huge hurry to mm-hmm. get this console either. Yep. And somehow, even getting my PlayStation in 1998, I didn't have the DualShock controllers mm, in my mm-hmm. bundle. Those came later. Yeah, I bought a second PlayStation um, when right around the time of Metal Gear Solid because I wanted to have the DualShock controllers. Yep, yep. Because you couldn't just buy DualShock controllers, I don't think. I think that it, when it first launched, I Probably think it was not. only available in like the... the console package yeah yeah i remember they they would have they had the box up high on the wall and it just said in big letters dual shock on yep. the front of it <laughs> you want to talk about a game 
that blew my mind fucking metal gear solid me too man. what a game what a like a restart to that franchise because mm-hmm. that franchise went on was around before metal gear solid but oh yeah it I was think two games on the nintendo yeah and right? then different Nothing versions and super others. nintendo i don't believe so yeah some stuff on computer like maybe japanese computer systems mm-hmm. and stuff msx and mm-hmm. but I think you can also say, like, even though there were games that came before it that started the franchise, the true birth of the franchise is Metal Gear Solid. 100%. I mean, I love, I actually really like the first one on Nintendo, but, like, it's way more realized what yeah. Kojima wanted to do. Yeah, and then Solid. that is a game, the first time I played it was on a demo disc. Same. Oh, man, I played that and freaking I believe level a million times. It was a, a Pizza Hut demo disc mm-hmm. where, like, Pizza Hut had this. Uh, promotion where order a pizza and you'll get a PlayStation demo disc. <laughs> and so one day the uh, the Burkharts decide to get up off the old checkbook and order us a, a pan pizza from a uh, fucking Pizza Hut. Okay, fucking score. Pizza shows up with a PlayStation demo. Greatest night of my life. <laughs> Those hands didn't have never been washed faster after scarfing down too many pieces of pan pizza. <laughs> Woo, off to my bedroom I go, boy. I'm about to explore. And Metal Gear Solid was one of those demos. And I had to have that game. It was, I was anticipating that one very much when it came out. I, I got it the first day. I, uh, I think I pre-ordered it. I don't know how pre-ordering, if it, if it was even a thing back then. But I remember I got a t-shirt for buying it maybe while they had the supplies. And I had it. I just recently got rid of it like last week. <laughs> I kept it for forever. It was just white. Mm-hmm. And it had in red like font on the front metal gear solid and on the back it had a huge red exclamation point buddy i had the <laughs> exact same shirt it was from pre-ordering or not pre-ordering buying metal gear solid 2 oh, on okay. release day there you go that's when i got for it playstation 2 but mine was black it was oh, a black okay. shirt and it had the metal gear solid 2 oh, no, mine was logo metal gear solid one sorry yeah, and then on the back it had the big exclamation point okay. i wore that shit in college all the time. It's no wonder I had no game, <laughs> no game whatsoever. Walking around in a Metal Gear Solid Two Sons of the Patriot shirt. <laughs> I don't blame the ladies. How could you? <laughs> Jesus Christ! What now, a chud. Nowadays, it would get you get you some dates, probably. Not me. <laughs> Different guy in a Metal Gear Solid shirt. <laughs> Not this one. Anyways. Uh, what a phenomenal game. And yeah, man. like when it starts fucking with you and reading your Wild. memory card. The Psycho and shit. Yeah. I mean, the dual shock showed its muscle in that game too. That was why I got it because you remember the early on, like you find the guy and he has the heart attack and you can yep. feel the heart beating in your controller and it goes faster and faster. Like, this is wild. This is so fucking cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. a phenomenal game. Um, Tom um, in Sweden uh, wrote in a long time ago asking what was your best in the future video game moment that actually was probably it yeah, I when, think so. when we fought psycho mantis and had to change the controller or, over to port two yeah and, and if you had uh <laughs> symphony of the night another konami game mm-hmm. a save file on he there would he would say something bring about that it. shit up yeah yep. oh so man what are they doing symphony of the night was another balling game oh, on that because you know i growing up castlevania the franchise was a big deal for me that mm-hmm. was like one of my favorite franchises on the NES, Super Nintendo Genesis. And so then when they come one out come out with a new one, I remember kids at school being like, the new Castlevania looks fucking stupid. It's 2D. The graphics <laughs> look stupid. And but I couldn't help myself. I rented it. And you want to talk about somebody on Monday that went into school with a chip on his shoulder, waiting for somebody to say an unkind word about Castlevania Symphony Symphony of the Night? It was me. Ready. Dude. I was to ready to fight, get expelled. <laughs> that was a great game, man. Uh, so influential in the grand scheme of things. I know. I on mean, top of that, like the whole, you know, obviously Metroidvanias. Mm-hmm. Metroid is the genesis of that. But like the how it, they sort of piggybacked off of each other, and then you have Symphony of the Night, which is still influencing that genre of mm-hmm. games now cool i mean i remember starting and you had all your abilities and then they strip them away yeah it's kind of one of the first times i'd seen that and uh 
just getting all of them back and being able to access new parts of the map. And yeah. And it did, it felt like a logical evolution of the Metroid or Castlevania, mm-hmm. but it was so big for one of those games. It was like, huge. There, you, there's a whole point where you turn the castle upside, upside down, down yeah. and then go through that thing all over <laughs> <Yep>. again. <laughs> wow. Talk about blowing my mind. You want to know somebody who, whose mind was so blown by that game to this day, their Xbox screen handle is a reference to that game. It's our buddy Will. Mm-hmm. Sainted Saint, Alucard. Sainted yep. Alucard Will. That's right. Yep. And I always put my name in as Alucard every time I played a, a Castlevania because they always make you put in a name yeah. for some reason. If you don't put Alucard, what are you, what are you even doing? And it had like <laughs> like the fact that it had like the inventory system and you could change out mm-hmm. armor and weapons. Weapons, and, yeah. Oh, what a good game. I loved it. You know one one of my favorite things? Like if I, because I have a, you know, a fairly modest but decent PlayStation 1 collection. Anytime I bring one of those games out and see that black, shiny fucking CD. Because how the, the games weren't on just a regular CD. The black was like coated. The mm-hmm. back was coated in like a black coating. Wow, did I think that was cool. Yeah, I did too. Do you remember the early game boxes? Like with the weren't they bigger than what they ended up being? Oh yeah, like the, they, the, yeah they called long boxes. Long boxes, yeah. yeah. They instead of being in a standard CD jewel, jewel case, case, they were in like these cardboard deals that were real flimsy and had mm-hmm. like a. It reminded me of like, did you ever get a cheap DVD back in the day? Mm-hmm. And it would have that plastic flap that held it closed that clicked in. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it was, but big and cardboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember the long box games. <laughs> yeah. You could be going to a blockbuster to pick up a PlayStation game, and those long boxes would be faded and crackling. <laughs> fucking uh, 20,000 dudes fucking dick print cheese all over, <laughs> fingerprints all over the box and shit. <laughs> but yeah, then they eventually changed to the jewel, just your jewel, standard yeah. sort of. Which is the good move. And you want to know something that would always catch my eye. I could never, uh, even if I'd never heard of the game, it would take notice if it was in one of the Fat Boy jewel cases mm, mm-hmm. that meant yep. it had multiple, <laughs> multiple discs. <laughs> Nothing got oh, me man. fucking going like multiple discs <laughs> in a video game and a yep. PlayStation game. More content. Oh my god. That makes me think of a game, but before I want to talk about that game, we have to talk about what came before it, which was really when I started really it became a must for me to have a PlayStation, and that's Resident Evil the first. Yes. So um prior to that, like I was like, Oh, PlayStation's cool console, but I'm not like, you know, I've got my Super Nintendo still, it's it's holding up, whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh then I saw Resident Evil and I was like, Wow. Yeah. I have to play that. And I remember borrowing a friend of mine's PlayStation and playing through it, giving it back to him and being like, all right, I have to get my own because yep. I have to play through this at least 10 more times. And man, we played it so much in college too. I remember Rob uh, was had gotten really efficient playing that game. He would like shoot a zombie's leg out and then run up and knife him like 15 <laughs> times. <laughs> oh man. And it seems kind of quaint now, but like the fixed backgrounds, like really wasn't that big of a deal back the then. Pre-rendered backgrounds, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. You couldn't move the camera. I love like to me those games hold up better than the ones that went for the full polygon look. Mm-hmm. You know, I think those actually have a nice art style to them. Like you know, obviously, I realize if you play like the remake of Resident Evil Two. And then go back and play the original Resident Evil 2. It feels ancient. It looks ancient. But to me, it's got its it, it's got some special quality to it. Totally. And talk about the Empire Strikes Back of sequels to video games. That's what that's that's my favorite PlayStation game. I'm gonna go ahead and, and throw it out there now. It's Resident Evil 2. It has to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Like uh, of the franchise, of the PlayStation based franchise. Resident Evil 2 is a shining example of how to pull off a sequel. Yeah, it was better wow. better in just about every way. Better graphics. I think that the story was better. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. That way better. Yeah. It's... You know, Resident Evil is the first time I was ever scared by mm-hmm. a video game. I had played, you know, quote-unquote scary or horror-based games before, but they were never scary. Right, yeah. Video games never scared me. 
bringing home Resident Evil from Blockbuster and going down that hallway that and the hellhound jumps through the window the Woo. first time. Whoa. That's like a top that's like a top top ten moment for me in video games. Like that yeah. dog coming through that window. Yeah. <laughs> and I fucking I you know, I bring it up all the time. I uh I think zombies are played out in video games. Absolutely. But this was ninety eight. But it doesn't matter when it comes to Resident Evil. Yeah. It does not matter to me. I will play Resident Evil games till the day I die and fight as many Resident Evil zombies, even though they, you <laughs> know, pivoted from the zombies. Pivoted, a little bit, pivoted yeah. pretty hard. Yeah. But. To their credit. But yeah, I totally agree. They're the, they're the OGs and both Resident Evil 1 and 2, despite the corny dialogue, which I think is honestly endearing at this point. It is. The delivery and stuff like that. But the multiple endings you can do on all of them. Um, oh, the, the characters cheesy, you can unlock. The cheesy live action cutscene yeah. that starts the first one. The first one. Woo! <laughs> Woo! Man. Woo! I could I love it though. It's it's great. Um And then like so Resident Evil comes out and is almost like either the rebirth or the birth of a genre of mm-hmm. survivor horror. I would say, you know what I mean? I feel like it's the birth, but maybe I'm missing out on something. Maybe the but... modern birth you could say or something because yeah. Then, even on the same platform, the PlayStation, we start seeing other games mm-hmm. inspired by that. Silent, Silent Hill, Hill. Yep. You, I think you have to acknowledge as inspired or at least somewhat influenced, brought about by Resident Evil's success. I think and so. those games, but also very good. Very good, yeah. Different, weird and creepy mm-hmm. in a different way. Um, almost sort of like a, you know, David Lynch Twin Peaks, like, uh, Resident Evil feels very like George Romero. Right, zombie. there's action. There's yeah. like guns and action. Silent Hill is a lot more like psychological. Yeah, and, and really t- builds on the like tension and terror and stuff like that. And it, it, it's really creepy. I loved the first Silent Hill. Me too. Mm. Me too. I think one and two are probably the highs of that series. Mm-hmm. Dino <laughs> Crisis was on the PlayStation 1 as well, It right? was, and that was from Capcom. Right, Capcom. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, also a very good game. Yeah. You know a game series that I don't know why my friend group was so obsessed with, but it was... I never found it very good, but boy... And it, it was clearly successful because I think they ended up doing four or five in the series... Uh, siphon filter. Oh, I loved Siphon Filter. I could never get into Siphon Filter. I liked it. Like I, I, I loved that first game. I don't think I ever played any past that. Like I didn't play the rest were on the PlayStation Two, I think, right? Or maybe the first one had I the sequel say, was maybe, on the first one. Maybe the first three. Maybe the or first so. three. Okay. okay. I remember playing the first one a lot and digging it, but I wasn't great at it either. Mm-hmm. I never beat it. You know, I got like decently far in it, and that's probably why I didn't play anymore. But I remember digging it. Probably one that I would like to go back to, but you weren't Fair. into that one. No, as wasn't much, into huh? that one. Cool. Um, fighting games. Ugh, that was Gotta a talk great fighting console games. for great fighting games. Great console work for fighting games. Yes. Okay. So we we talked a little bit about Tekken and Tekken Two, which were awesome to have on that. Mm-hmm. But I think for me it was Alpha Three, which came out yep. in like ninety eight ish area. I want to say we got Marvel's. Marvel Superheroes, the Capcom fighting game, came out on PlayStation, mm-hmm. like the predecessor to Marvel versus Capcom, mm-hmm. I think. I don't think I played the Marvel one ever. I did. I def I played hundreds of hours of Alpha Three though. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. And, and and just people taking chances with weird three D fighters. Mm-hmm. Um Tekken, undeniably awesome. Still around, you know, no longer a PlayStation exclusive, but mm-hmm. it was like it was weird the weird thing about the PlayStation is previous to this, it felt like the really successful console people had like a strong mascot or handful of mascots Mm -hmm. that were theirs that were created by them. Mario, Zelda, Samus, things like that. Uh, Sonic, right? Mm -hmm. Then the PlayStation has the, like the characters you think about as its mascots. I think like, Crash Bandicoot, not owned by Sony. Spyro. Spyro, not Not owned owned by by Sony. Sony. Uh, You would even say, like I was saying, um, some of the Tekken characters. Mm -hmm. You know. um, uh, Snake, 
Solid Snake or Cloud from Final Fantasy. <laughs> and none of those characters. And, and to this day, I mean, now they do. Now they do. They have, you know, Kratos, I would say, as like a mascot. You know, where, where you know, uh, Master Chief for, mm-hmm. for Microsoft. But in those early days, they didn't have like something that was Sony's deal. I guess maybe Sweet Tooth. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a dark mascot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Laura Croft. Laura Croft. Even though her games were out on PC, I feel right. like a lot of people who experienced Tomb Raider in that era probably played it on the PlayStation. And those games were hard. Fuck those games. <laughs> yeah, man. But you could play... There were lots of fighting games you could do on that system. Between Tekken, Street Fighters... Um, well, the Street Fighter Alphas, I think. And um, Mortal Kombat was on there. Mm-hmm. There was a few of those. Um, but uh, it also was a really, really great system for some JRPGs. Oh, buddy. <laughs> you, so you're wanting to break this off in me now? We need to do it at some point. It is <laughs> a master class in JRPGs. So you get the re-releases of Lunar. You get Silver Star Story and what's the second one? can't think of the name of it but um the first one is an all-timer for me yeah and boy are those games expensive i'm glad i've got the first one complete from back in the day it's out there on the shelf <laughs> i saw it and before we recorded those games were games that i envied so hard on the sega cd because i never had a sega cd so when they finally came back out or when they re-released them with the, like the anime cutscenes and mm-hmm, shit. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I love those games. Man, you know, I was thinking about that game the other day, Lunar, and I think one of the reasons it had such a massive impact on me because my friend had a Sega CD, so that's when I was able to play it. Was the music mm-hmm. because the music came through so beautifully in yeah. the Sega CD version because yep. that was one of the benefits of that system, just right. more room for stuff. And I think that was a big reason the the score in that game is is beautiful and it holds especially up. Especially really when good. you go like I, look, I love booting up uh, Final Fantasy four or six on the SNES and hearing that soundtrack. It will always do something for me. But sure. then go into the CD format where they could do like some, do some you, real shit. Do you remember the first time hearing a guitar riff in Final Fantasy seven? Yeah, and being like Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> They've got guitars now. You know what I mean? Or the vocals in One Winged Angel. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like that. The This was really when the visuals and the music fucking sword yeah. started hitting. Yeah. Yeah. The big the big um, gains in gaming started to happen. Yeah. Like here. So, of course, we, we talked about Lunar. Final Fantasy Tactics, what a fucking game, yeah, man. I feel like that's underrated. I mean, it's, it's... I feel like it's underrated and overrated, weirdly. Like, because if you, you read articles from hardcore JRPG people um, or, or, you know, listen to podcasts about that sort of thing, Final Fantasy Tactics always comes up. And I, I do think it's deserved. But that... The translation on that original PlayStation version is pretty bad. That's fair. I don't recall the the story necessarily being the big deal for me with that game. It was more... Uh, I'm sorry. The, there was lots of content. Mm-hmm. Tons of content. Tons of battles. The secret characters you could unlock. The abilities yep. you could unlock. The the whole weird little system of leveling up your all your guys yep. you know and keeping them alive you'd lose guys it was that was a game that started so difficult yep and kind of got progressively easier as you played it yeah you there once again there was a serious learning curve to get into and mastering that game and and the the job system and the 3D like in in more ways than one it was like i know it wasn't but it almost felt like this game was 5d right the way you could spin the battlefield around Mm -hmm. and there were different elevations verticality yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and it looked like what it looked like is people took final fantasy sprites and went to their local comic book store and the comic book store was having the most impressive game of warhammer you've ever seen with all these dioramas set up (laughs) and that people just went and put 3d final fantasy sprites all over this giant game board 
oh, I love like. Give why is Final Fantasy Tactics not more of a thing to the, to this day? Cool, and I mean I got to bring it up before we move on with more Final Fantasy. The the there was a game called Vagrant Hearts. Vagrant Hearts is amazing, which I feel like is that's if we talked about doing an episode about hipster games, Vandal Hearts definitely going to be on Vagrant that for Hearts. Me. Yep. <laughs> Vagrant Hearts, yeah, that me. game. Wow. Or Vandal Hearts, Vagrant Story. Vandal Hearts is the game I'm thinking okay. of. Though. I'm thinking Vagrant Story. Which is also good, but, yep. but but Vandal Hearts was done by the same people who did Suikoden? Suikoden? Suikoden. Uh, Suikoden. But it was, it was tactics-based, kind yep. of like uh, Final Fantasy tactics. But you, I, I loved it. God, I love that game. When Will used to live with me, he had that game on PlayStation in, in like the jewel case. Mm-hmm. And I would always be like, hey, man, if you ever don't want that, you just pass it over to your buddy Halls. I want that game. Yeah, and he he was never give up. Man's not man's not owned a PlayStation since the original <laughs> PlayStation, and he's still holding on to it because that game fucking rules. It's really good. If they were to release, um, you know, a re-release of it, not not do anything to it, just put it back out. I'd love to play through it again. Yeah, it's been forever. <laughs> um, I also want to bring up before we talk about um, the Final Fantasy games. Mm-hmm. Xenogears. Oh yeah, that was a great game. You want to talk about a game? Once again, first experienced it on a demo disc. Was that Square? Yep, sure was. That game. I want to say it came on a demo disc with another Square game because they would do that back in the day. I remember kids buying Toe Ball Number One just to play the Final Fantasy VII demo that was included in the extra disc. Nice Toe Ball One. Um. So Xenogears. Xenogears took an interesting approach to um, its graphic style. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, whereas in like Final Fantasy VII and Resident Evil had pre-rendered backgrounds with polygonal characters on top of it, they switched it. All the backgrounds were polygonal, and all the characters were sprite artwork. And I know it is divisive and people either love it or hate it. I love it. I love the look of Xenogears. It had the kick-ass anime cutscenes. It was basically Evangelion. Like, it's a hardcore Evangelion ripoff in Mm -hmm. a lot of ways. Yeah, the mech thing. Yeah, in in like the... uh, What a game. I love that game. The fact that it is so inaccessible to play really bums me out really bums me out yeah there's a few like the legend of dragoon was another cool one yep um chrono cross chrono cross that's actually being Mm re-released um fairly soon in april uh chrono cross really good game one of the best jrpg soundtracks really chrono cross has an amazing soundtrack parasite eve did you well, ever fucks with Parasite I, Eve? I beat Parasite Eve. I did too. The, I never got too into the sequel, but I was very excited for Parasite Eve. And when you go back and play Parasite Eve, you realize it's kind of, in a weird way, the evolution of Chrono Trigger. Mm-hmm. The combat and stuff operates in a very similar way to Chrono Trigger. Mm-hmm. It's not related in the story or anything. There's a little nudity in that game too. <laughs> I don't recall bit. that. Yeah, a little bit of nudity. Oh, yeah, I do. Wasn't there some gun mechanics in that as yeah. well? Yeah, yeah. it was kind of a weird mix of a survival horror game and RPG. Mm-hmm. Um, Suikoden. Yeah. Those are, I feel like those are some of the most hipster of hipster PlayStation 1 RPGs, but they're really good. Suikoden 2, specifically. Who did those? I can't think I of I think it's two. Konami. It, it was Konami? I believe that, that sounds Suikoden. Right. Okay, cool. I, I believe they did the Suikoden games. Very expensive games. If you want to go buy a copy of Suikoden 2 right now, uh, watch out. <laughs> Get ready to spend some money. I actually have been meaning to hook up my little PlayStation TV mini console to go buy that and a couple of other before they shut that store down. So I just have them sort of easily accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, very good games. Then, of course, we get the trilogy of Final Fantasy games that come out on the PlayStation. Mm. Kicking off with Final Fantasy VII. Final Fantasy VII is the game that broke my resolve and made me have to have a PlayStation. I can totally see that. 
Final Fantasy VII kind of tr- was one of those games that transcended video games almost. Mm-hmm. It kind of became like this huge it cultural is, thing. It became, it was weird. Like, it's not something I paid attention to at the time, but there was like this slow, like, you, I think you could even use like FromSoft games as mm-hmm. a good comparison. There was this slow buildup and boom. Yep. This one game comes out, and then all the kids that were previously playing JRPGs on their uh, Super Nintendos and stuff that were already familiar with the genre were into it, and then it spread to people who would make fun of you for playing Final Fantasy games mm-hmm. before that. Everybody, quote-unquote, was playing Final Fantasy VII at the time. The graphics were insane, especially in like the cutscenes. Uh, you would see like Sephiroth walking through the fire and and all that stuff, Cloud with his Buster Sword, and it was just one of those things that, even if you had no idea what the story was even about, if you're just watching your little brother play it or something, you would just get sucked in yep. by the graphics on the screen. And then the the story was really good in that one. Obviously, weird. It's it's, it's being retold. You know, yeah, uh, it was that popular that they wanted to do such a a massive remake of it yep. later, you know? And, <clears throat> you know, just every, like, uh, because I, I got a Nintendo 64 thinking Nintendo's where you play Final Fantasy games. Mm-hmm, that's where you were previously. Yeah, and so when I start getting, you know, my gaming magazines and there's full page ads making fun of Nintendo, like they took out these ads that would show this big, beautiful view of Midgar and it would be like, if this game had to be put on cartridges, uh, it would take 78 separate cartridges. You can play it on four discs on your PlayStation or whatever. <laughs> Man, um, for me, that was the best one. It lived up to the hype. Yep. You know, it knocked it out of the park. I played through it several times back to back to back, I think, um, trying to find all the summons. Uh, all the, the optional bosses. guys, the optional bosses. Yeah, there was so much stuff. The ch- chocobo stuff. Can I can I put the burp, burp brakes on it just to bring up one facet of this era of gaming that I miss so much, so so much. We were talking about it on Discord a couple days ago or a few days ago. Fucking strategy guides. Yeah, man, you want to talk about a holy text to me? The strategy guide. For Final Fantasy VII. I can see the cover clear as day. I've got one around here somewhere, I'm sure. Nice. My friend who I went to college with has mine. He sent me a picture of it on Messenger the other day. Still has the Babbage's price tag in oh the top left. Oh, my God. Talking about reading through that thing and being like, oh, okay, so set up my materia this way. Or, you know, this is the strategy for taking down the Emerald Weapon. Staying up until the wee hours of the morning on a school night. Sleeping for two or three hours going to school and then sleeping in class because all I can do is play <laughs> Final Fantasy VII, breeding chocobos. Yep. Yeah, class was not even a consideration for me when that game came out. I oh. took the week off. <laughs> Man. Now, I was still in high school. I was still in high school when I got Final Fantasy VII. I, I was in college. I just I didn't go to much class in college. Me neither. Unless it was like learning how to play guitar or beating my friend's ass in Street Fighter or getting my ass kicked in Street Fighter. <laughs> the, the real class. <laughs> That's right. Um, and then Streets. So Final Fantasy comes out. Final Fantasy VII comes out. And then I finish that. I play Final Fantasy Tactics. Now it's just wait for Final Fantasy VIII. I get my very first job ever, which was for the local newspaper in Columbus, Mississippi. Shout out the commercial dispatch. <laughs> And I got, boy. I got a one night a week job on Friday nights. I'd go up there at eight o'clock at night. I'd go sit in the sports writer's room and I would call high school football coaches to get the scores and stats for their, their games. <clears throat> and I'd write it all down. And then I'd have to go into this ancient ass DOS program. And I wasn't even <laughs> writing articles. I was writing the stuff when you would flip to the high school sports thing and it would just have the little boxes that would have the final score and then any notable stats, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I was writing up. And I'd get paid 50 bucks for that. Not bad. That's a game. That's a game. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so my first paycheck lined up with the release of Final Fantasy VIII perfectly. Like that weekend, I got my first paycheck. I got Final Fantasy VIII, popped it in the PlayStation. 
goodbye sleep for the like the next 36 <laughs> hours or something. That's how I knew I could do 13 hours of Final Fantasy 13 in a row. Is that Squall? Squall. Not great. Yeah, like I I wasn't super into um Final Fantasy 8, I hate me to neither. say, but I mean I played a lot of it. I don't I didn't beat it ever. I played maybe through like the first two discs, mm-hmm. I think. I you know, I think that's about how, as far as I got. And I still think the story's pretty good. Um, I have the remastered version on my Xbox and just keep daring myself to go back to it and try it. They did some stuff that I wasn't a huge fan of. For one, everything is full polygons. Background, everything. They they did away with the pre-rendered backgrounds, mm-hmm. which I think makes it hold up way less than 7 and 9. Mm-hmm. Um, they did that weird draw system where let's say you want to use a fire spell or a lightning spell or whatever it is. Right. You have to I draw it like from that. someone and then you have like a, an inventory of those. Not was, a huge fan of that. I was wanting them to go back to the old aesthetic anyway. I was missing like my Final Fantasy four kind of kind of well, era stuff. Because that's why I was excited about nine. Yeah. And see, it's weird. I had almost an, a completely opposite reaction with nine because I liked the aesthetic of six and seven mm-hmm. and even parts of eight so much. I was like, wow, they fucking dominated the the high fantasy game. And now they're doing like sci-fi fantasy and final fantasy. And you know me and sci-fi fantasy. So when they came out and they're like final fantasy nine's coming out and it's like old school, I was a little disappointed at first, but then I, wasn't. I wanted to see those graphics in, in the new age. How wrong could I have been? <laughs> a what a game. game. What a game. That's unfortunately one of my big disappointments, too. I never finished it, and it was due to an, like a glitch or an error. I've told this story before, like where I've gotten... It's at the end of the second disc where you're supposed to change over into the next disc, and something about it would just lock up and wouldn't work. Ugh. And I played through it all the way again twice, you know, thinking, thinking it was maybe just something... Just the, in your save file. Yeah, and it happened again, and I was like, I guess I'm just not meant to play through this game that's really, a bummer really liked what i had played what a good game uh character design story uh music mm-hmm. back to the pre-rendered backgrounds like weren't well, you like one of the black mages you were v one of the main characters is vivi the mm-hmm. black mage and he's got that the whole weird cloned soulless body mm-hmm. storyline thing and then you're zidane and there's like some uh, romance that goes on, and you got the night guy, the big bumbling buffoon night guy. Mm-hmm. It's kind of your cowardly lion character type almost. Man, what a good game. Final Fantasy VII is my favorite video game on the yeah, PlayStation. No, that's that's it's no easy. surprise. Easy, easy, easy. I mean, it's it's one of the greatest games of all time. Still holds up, I think, that version. I think so, too. I've played that version. I've played Final Fantasy VII. I played it once all the way. I mean, when you when I say all the way through, I mean all my characters maxed out, everything you could possibly do, all optional bosses, done. I played it through backwards compatibility on the PlayStation 2. PlayStation 3 comes out, and I find out my future brother-in-law, Goose, mm-hmm. is in the Final Fantasy 7. We do a playthrough together where he would just come over for a few days, a few hours after work, every day and we'd work on final fantasy seven that's awesome playstation 4 comes out in that generation guess what i did again played through final fantasy seven again i have played <laughs> through that game any chance they anytime they re-release it on something your boy's playing it. you're in and you then you played final fantasy seven yet again but it was the remake the remake well, at least the first five hours of Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, yeah, stretched out over forty mm-hmm. in the remake. Although, man, that, I really enjoy that remake. Me too. It's really good. Don't make me wait too long, guys. I don't know how long I'm going to be around. I want to finish that. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> clock's ticking. It's been two years. <laughs> Just two years already, and not a peep. So no peep peep. <laughs> Come on. So, is there any other big games that we're missing? There probably there's, uh, there was a ton uh, of stuff. You mean on this a billion console. of them yeah. that I'm forgetting? I mean, Crash Bandicoot. We didn't talk about much, but I really enjoyed I those really games. enjoyed those games. That's. <clears throat> I feel like there was a point when um, I was too cool for kids' games. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it was a bit of a bummer because I felt like that was all I was getting initially on the Nintendo 64, but it was also too hard to deny that Crash Bandicoot 
was really good. Mm-hmm. Spyro was really good. Those games are awesome. Yeah, they're so. good games. Um, Legacy of Kane, Soul Reaver. Uh, and good Legacy game. of Kane, Blood Omen, mm-hmm. the first one. I, I am so glad you brought that up. Let's bring that franchise back. No kidding. What a cool franchise. Yeah, that was cool as hell. That so, like, the awesome. first one, Blood Omen, was this almost Diablo-style isometric RPG where you played as this guy, Kane, who becomes a vampire. Mm-hmm. And it's set in medieval times. And then at the end of the game, you have, like, that whole, you can choose the good ending or the bad ending. Then they bring out a sequel, Legacy of Kane, Soul Reaver, that's based off of the bad ending of that and it's, it's an action off. game yeah it's an it's action like, yeah. almost sort of tomb raider inspired mm-hmm. but you could move between the two different planes of reality mm-hmm. and there was puzzles oh, cool. involved. you remember that you like, know it uh, dark stalkers i feel like owes a lot to it's that the, that's the name of the franchise right dark stalkers or the um kind of zelda like dark siders dark siders thank you yes. dark stalkers is a fighting game Excuse i feel me. like a dark, dark siders, siders does a owe some to mm-hmm. legacy of kane for sure and I think they did two Soul Reaver games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it was weird. There was this dude that was older me in, in at school, older than me at school, who let me borrow uh, the first one, Legacy of Cain, Blood Omen, mm-hmm. Blood Omen, and it was a game I had never heard of, <clears throat> and I just thought it was so cool. Yeah, those games were rad. Um, did you ever play any the Abe's Oddworld games? Oh yeah, those were cool. Those were cool. Like, Ape Escape. Mm-hmm. Did you ever play Ape Escape? <laughs> Ape, Ape Not Escape. a bad game. Mm-mm, no, it was better than I thought it would yep. be. Um, Parappa the Rapper. Of course, <laughs> of course, my very first rhythm game. Loved Kick, it. Jump. It's all in the mind. <laughs> that game was cool, man. I beat it. Like I rented it yeah. from Blockbuster, and I think beat it in a day and a half. What a cool art style! Like yeah. sort of that weird paper um aesthetic that it had to it man what a cool game mm-hmm. you know you could also get hardcore burned by a company you loved back then because i picked up some square stuff that was um no me gusta brave fencer musashi oh yeah do you remember that i, I bought it and, and wanted to love it so bad me <laughs> too it was almost their kind of take on a zelda type game yeah that's and exactly what it was the, once again the selling point of that game was the demo disc and i believe the demo disc had the demo for Final Fantasy VIII on it. That's that's why I bought it to yep. begin with. I yep. was I was definitely looking forward to Final Fantasy VIII. Um, Tenchu. Tenchu Stealth Assassin. Stealth Assassin. Fuck yeah. Loved that Hard game. game. Hard as hell, but Hard I loved it, man. Were you into the Spider-Man game on the PlayStation? It was pretty good. It, I feel like that's the first time I got a decent Spider-Man game. It was not open world, mm-hmm. but it was very comic booky. Um, and it worked pretty well. You did a lot of wall crawling, which worked better than you would expect it to back then. Right. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of if there's there's still so many probably that, that are out there that I just can't think of right at the moment. But um, I think there was something close to 1,200 North American releases. Oh, Tony Hawk. I love the oh, Tony God, Hawk yeah. games as well. <laughs> I mean, we just keep bringing up like yeah. these murderer, murderer rogues. Tony Hawk. The first three the, Tony Hawk yeah. games, they're held in the esteem they are for a reason the soundtrack the first time a video a skating video game was fun yeah you know, i played agreed. skate or die before <laughs> skate or die what yeah. the fuck is going TNC on in the surf yeah company or whatever no, man, yeah, they, no. they and then that game that game would go on to inspire Dave Mira's freestyle bmx mm-hmm. uh, sean white's snowboarding, snowboarding. Yeah, yeah like people Tony Hawk come out and made a massive wave in that extreme sports. Yeah, he did. Um, I got into the second one. Somebody loaned it to me at work. This is when I moved to Birmingham. I'd, I'd not played those games until then. Somebody loaned it to me. Nice. And I, and I loved it. I was like, oh, my God, this is so fun. Yeah. And I went out and bought this, the third one the day it came out. And I remember um, you could do play as Bam Margera yep. from Jackass. And if you if you beat the game with him, it had like a special level where he rode in the shopping cart all the way down the, oh, the oh, track. Really? That's it was pretty cool. cool, man. Yeah, and eventually they got to one that where like Darth Maul was an unlockable yeah. character mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. They did some... Uh, was, yeah. What a game, That man. franchise got big and then kind of crashed, unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, The remaster of the first two that came out oh, about a year a ago. Of fun. Great. Mm-hmm. Man, what fun to go back to those games. 
But man, I spent a whole lot of time playing this console, man. It, uh, it's one that I've got great memories of. Me too. One Good of my time all-time in my life, favorites. The late 90s, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, just thinking how what what that franchise means to games now. Yep. You know, like I've had some of my best gaming experiences on PlayStation. Me too. The PlayStation came out and made me a hardcore PlayStation fanboy for years mm-hmm. i mean I we night almost 10 whole years yeah playstation was my destination for gaming and we had fun with with the xboxes no no hating on that they, we still have our xboxes and they're great systems but um playstation has just been so consistent throughout the years mm-hmm. of delivering good shit they're yep. still at it even you know even we'll talk about it eventually but that playstation 3 era was a little rough but they came back from that yeah that was their one that's swoon. what it, that's what it took for, to get me off of playstation and on to xbox was right. the playstation 3 but playstation 4 kind of you know sometimes you got to fall to the mat and get get mm-hmm. back up and they were much better for it i think so yeah. so guys what what are some of your favorite original playstation memories we want to know email us at high potion podcast at Pod at gmail.com. It's got to be tough to remember that. Yeah. Email us at highpotionpod at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes, please. When we hit 60, we'll do another giveaway. Follow Steve on Twitter at Stone Cobra. Follow me at Blue Harvest Pod. Follow our podcast at High Potion Pod. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.